0: We did have one little injury during VBS, and it just so happened to be the attorney's child. (laughs) Has anyone ever heard of Murphy's Law? Well, but bless God. Little children heal, and unfortunate, but we will pray and move forward. Those things happen. Uh, I do want to thank all of our VBS volunteers. I I genuinely, genuinely mean that. Um, I know that many of you, almost all of you, were here all week long. And I know many of you work, and you go straight from work, and you come here. And most of us were leaving at 8.30, close to 9 o'clock, and getting at home at least 9 o'clock. And it is a very tiring week, but I truly, truly want to thank you I believe that VBS is a big deal. It is a big deal. It's very important uh, to minister to our children, not only just our children, but we get lots of children from the area, from the community. So I want to thank you. Thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for your time, effort, and energy. Truly, thank you. That was a blessed week. It was. Um, this evening, we have we're going to be back next door. I know we've had a couple of weeks off. Everyone's probably back into sin now because we haven't been doing our Bible study, but we'll be back in Romans chapter 1, we're still in chapter 1, and I think we're at verse 26 and we're going to try to finish up the chapter this evening, so that'll be this evening, 6 o'clock, next door in the fellowship hall, if you'd like to be a part of that, and I pray that you do. So read those verses and come with them in mind and we will have a good evening, our study has been awesome so far. Okay, I'm going to get to the word. I, I believe this is a powerful word this morning, and I felt God really moving me in this direction and kind of dropped this in my heart, and I'm just going to proceed with it this morning. Now, this past week, many of you were involved, I just mentioned in VBS, but we taught our children that they are made in the image of God, okay, it's very, very important principle very important biblical principle that has a whole lot of ramifications if you don't teach that but we taught that our kids are made in the image of god genesis goes on to say even after our likeness god says let's make them after our likeness in our image okay now our children learn that was the theme all this past week so now this morning it's the adults turn to learn what this means okay now, if you look at Genesis chapter 1, now you, you've been hearing me preach for a while now. Many, many, many times we are going back to Genesis chapter 1. Those first 11 chapters really establish a lot for the rest of the Bible. So we're always going back and looking at Genesis chapter 1, 2, and 3. Very, very important chapters in the Bible. If you look at the wording, now... When you're reading your Bible, be very careful to look at the wording that the Bible uses. Very, very important. If you look at the wording in Genesis chapter 1, you'll see a a phrase repeated many times, and it says, Let there be, right? We we see in Genesis chapter 1, God says, Let there be light. Okay, so there's that phrase, let there be. Genesis chapter 1, a couple verses later, even says, Let there be a firmament. Okay, so God is speaking these things into existence, out of existence, into existence. And to do that, he says, let there be. He goes on and says, let there be lights in the firmament. So you, you see this phrase repeated over and over. Let there be. Let there be a firmament. Let there be lights. Let there be lights in the firmament. He's speaking these things into existence. But the phrase changes from let there be to let us make. When you get into chapter 6, I'm sorry, when you get into the 6th day of Genesis in chapter 1. God goes to create man, and that phraseology changes. He does not say, let there be man. No, he says, let us make man. Very significant because it's telling us something special about the creation of mankind. When God says, let there be, he's just kind of bringing something into existence. That was previously not there. But when he says, let us make. He's assigning significance to what he's about to make. He's almost saying, this is going to be my my crowning creation. This, This will be special. He says, let us make mankind. Very different wording. Rather than just speaking mankind to existence. He crafts mankind. He makes mankind. Now, one of the memory verses this week in Vacation Bible School, is Genesis chapter 1, 27. So God created man in his own image, and the image of God created he, him, male and female, created he, them. Now, it goes on to say, in Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, it says, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground, and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Now, it does not say that about any other living organisms. It doesn't say, and God took the fowls of the air and breathed into their nostrils the breath of life and they became a living soul. does not say that about the cattle of the field. But it does say that God breathes into man's nostrils and he becomes a living soul. Now, I know that we have lots of dog people and cat people and they love their dogs, they love their cats, and to some of you... It's one of your kids, it's part of the family, but we must accept the biblical truth that only people have souls inside of them. Can I get an amen for that, you dog lovers and cat lovers? Now, all these scriptures I'm reading to you, do, do you know what, really what they mean, what they're saying to us? What they're saying is that mankind, it's like there's two parts to mankind, there, there's this earthly part to man, and then there's also this divine part to man that's different than all the animals, okay? We're we're made of the elements. We're made of the same stuff trees are made of and grass is made of. The, The animals are made of the same things. You have those basic elements that we're all made of. Carbon, nitrogen, oxygen, all those things are in us just like they are the animals. But then we have this Strange trace of divinity to humanity that the animals don't have. And it's very important to recognize this: that there's two parts to mankind. There's the earthly part, and then there's this divine part that is part of our makeup. We we have, we consist of a material body. It's the one I can see, you can see me, I touch and feel. But then there's this spiritual, immaterial part. To us people. And that's what makes up an individual. And that's what makes us special and sets us apart from just all other animals, all other living creation. There's a soul inside of us. We have a part of us that is it's just like any other living thing. Just like groundhogs. Just like a dog or a cat. But then we have this spiritual side of us that the animals don't have. And listen, the spiritual side to us is the part that reflects the image of God. Because the Bible tells us in the New Testament that God is a spirit. And you can see that in humanity. You can't see it in animals. You can see the traces of his creation in animals and in the landscape and in the seas and the oceans. You can see his his landscape because he made them. The Bible says they're his because he made them. But in humanity you can see trace elements of divinity because we're made in his image. In the spirit, the soul inside of us reflects that spirit of God. That's the part inside of us that has the moral compass inside of us that animals don't have. Animals just have instinct. They're there to survive and reproduce. But mankind is guided by this moral compass that is inside of us that teaches us what's right and what's wrong. And the spiritual side is the side that's supposed to reflect the character of God, the one that made us. That's why God said, let us make, rather than let there be. Because mankind is special. People are special. We are to reflect the character of God. We are to reflect that to everyone else, to each other, to our communities and neighborhoods. So we have this earthly body, but then we also have this side of us that senses right and wrong. We have this strange sense of justice inside of us. You ever watch something you think, that ain't right. That shouldn't be like this. That person got ripped off. Where does that come from? It's the trace elements from God. It's this signature in us. We have this awareness of morality and virtue inside of us. Brothers and sisters, now you know that... I've shared this before, but I like to watch crime documentaries every now and again. Haven't had time to watch too many of them lately, but in the wintertime, you know, there's not much to do. I'll I'll put on some crime documentaries. I watched this one, this lady. She had found this wonderful man, and was all lovey-dovey, and he's awesome and wonderful, and they're in this relationship, and things go on, and they're traveling all over the world, enjoying life, and she kind of catches him in a little lie, and she doesn't like lying, so she begins to investigate a little further into this man. She finds out it's not even his real name, finds out he's been lying about all kinds of things. So when she finds his real name, she then does this some Google search on his real name, and she finds out that this man is a Wanted fugitive for like 20 some years in connection with a a mysterious death that happened. He's actually wanted for murder. The reason why I tell you this is because just watching this documentary, this this lady makes this statement and she discovers that this man is wanted in connection with this murder from 20 years ago. And here she's in this relationship with him. and, And she says to the interviewer, she says, I didn't know what to do when I found this out. I was so twisted inside of myself. I couldn't sleep. I couldn't eat. It was very hard for me to think and concentrate because my insides were so turned and twisted. Here's this man that I was in this relationship, and we were having a wonderful time, and things were going great, and, and I care for him. But then I found out these things, and and it ended up. That she had to do the right thing. There was something inside of this lady. She didn't read the Bible and say, well, the Bible says I should do this. She didn't have some pastor say, well, you need to turn this man in. It was internal, inside of her. Something said, you need to do what is right. Brothers and sisters, there's a sense of justice in each and every one of us. And in this particular woman, she said, I need to go to the authorities and tell them that I found this man that they're looking for. And he ended up getting arrested and brought to justice. We have that sense of justice inside of us that the animals don't have, the other organisms don't have, because mankind is made in the image of God. And we are to reflect his character in our character. There's this strange sense of morality, strange sense of right and wrong and virtue in us. It's written in our hearts. Listen to this in Romans chapter 2, verse 14. It says, For when the Gentiles, which have not the law, so they have no law, they have no Ten Commandments, they have no Bible. For when the Gentiles, which have not the law, do by nature the things contained in the law, these, having not the law, are a law unto themselves, which show the work of the law written in their hearts. Their conscience also bearing witness. And their thoughts meanwhile accusing or else excusing one another. The Bible saying even if you don't even have a Bible. It's written inside of you. It's written in us. It's the signature on our hearts that God made you. God made me. We know that you shouldn't kill other people. We know that you shouldn't rape and torture. Because we're made in the image of God. That's, these are the things that come with teaching our children that you are made in the image of God. All this comes with it. That's why it's so important. That's why God put it at the beginning of the Bible. So we could start learning it from the very beginning all the way through. That we are made in the image of God. Even if you don't have a Bible, you have a sense of right and wrong. There is a moral compass inside of our hearts. I've, I've saw an interview where people were talking to hardened criminals in jail. And, and if you can get them to be honest. They will say deep down in their heart of hearts. They knew when they were doing was wrong. Because they too. Hardened criminals were made in the image of God. All of humanity. That's what Genesis teaches us with special creation. That you're made in the image of God. Now Yes. We, we have these animal-like cravings. I, I said we're, we're part element. We, we have these cravings to eat. We have these cravings for recreation, to have fun, to reproduce. We have all those animal instincts, but they are to be governed by the moral compass inside of us. You don't rob someone just because you want what they got, like some sort of animal. We're not animals. We're to rise above that. You don't take something from someone weaker than you just so you can have it. If you're hungry, you don't go find someone weaker than you are and take their food just so you have it to feed your belly. You don't take from a weaker person just to better yourself. We're not animals and we're not to function that way. You look out in society, that's how we're functioning, like animals. This is why this premise is so important that you're made in the image of God and so is that guy that you want to steal his stuff, he's made in the image of God too. So you can't steal his stuff. You can't mistreat him. Men, we don't force ourselves upon women to satisfy our sexual desires. That ain't how it works. That ain't how it works. The moral compass inside of us, the word of God itself, tells us to be kind, gentle, courteous, compassionate, virtuous. The, the remnant of divinity inside of us tells us to have compassion on those that are weaker than you. Don't trample them down. And humanity does its best. Our nation does its best to suppress all of that. To suppress the teachings that you're made in the image of God. Our animalistic desires are to be guided by morality. That God put in us. That's to reflect the image of that who ma- He who made us. In 1962, the Supreme Court ruled that prayer in schools violated the establishment cause of the First Amendment. Since then, we have systematically removed God. Not only from education, but from pretty much everything except the the private sector, you know, in your home. Okay, we have systematically just removed God. Remove this. Quit doing that. You ain't allowed to do this. You ain't allowed to do that. You can't do this anymore. You can't do that. And I'm telling you, the results are disastrous. A complete disaster. We have left off teaching about the part of man that reflects the image of God. We have said, nope, you can no longer teach that. You can only teach the animal side. You can only teach the material side to humanity. You can't teach the divine side anymore. And the results are disastrous. Our schools are now only teaching the the materialistic side, the, the fleshly side to humanity. The science is all there is. And it's been a disaster... We've made science God now. And the the divine side to humanity that very much so needs taught to our young people has been completely neglected and left off. Brothers and sisters, the divine side to humanity is the side that science cannot measure. And we've said, well, science can't measure it, therefore it's useless. And we stopped teaching this in our schools and education systems. And, and here we are, roughly with a half a century of people that have grown up and not been educated with instruction pertaining to the spiritual side of their humanity. That creates some big problems for all of us. Some big problems. We are starting to see the ramifications of raising a generation of people with absolutely no godliness at all. We haven't taught them anything about that. We even say it doesn't even exist. There is no divine side to humanity. It's not there. Ignore it. Suppress it. And now we're starting to see the ramifications of it. Well, what are these ramifications? Well, for starters, folks don't even know what bathroom to go in anymore. They don't. You can't even get a straight definition from our elected officials of what a woman is. You've seen any of these videos that's starting to surface on YouTube? There's a guy that even made a documentary going around asking people, and they all are like, I don't know. I don't know. How about, I got a good definition, the female version of a human being for crying out loud. They don't even know what a woman is. People have no idea what sexuality is, no idea how many genders there are. You can see our nation moving away from democracy and moving towards mob rule. That this is what happens when you t- do not teach that man is made in the image of God. That's what this is what you get, mob rule. You don't like a certain law then burn the city down. You don't like a certain politician then gather around his house and throw rocks at his house, try to bust through his window, harm his family, disrupt them while he's eating dinner. It's a mob rule mentality. You don't like a particular ruling, then loot a place. We can't even figure out if men should compete in women's athletics. We can't. There's a big old debate over it. Well, should we? Should we? This is the result of neglecting to teach anything about the divine side of humanity. You teach materialism only, that matter is all there is. This is what you get. Democracy starts going away, you lose the the republic that we are, and you go towards more of a mob rule. We have elected officials that will not even denounce violence, they won't. They've asked them, will you denounce these these riots, these mostly peaceful protests, and they won't, because it's it's a mob rule mentality. It's, it's descending towards being more like animals. That's what we are teaching. Be like an animal. Just have an instinct. You don't like something, throw a fit. I am so proud of our Vacation Bible School volunteers. So proud of you folks. I truly am. Our craft people that made crafts and the skit people, the skit was awesome. Did anyone get to see the skit? It was entertaining as could be, funny, made me laugh. It was good. The kids could understand it. It taught stuff. Our snack people, our, our teachers, folks that supplied food every single day for all the volunteers, the chaperones, the games people, the the organizers of the event. I'm, I'm so proud of them because you spent time effort, and energy teaching our children that they are made in the image of God. I don't want a future nation of pure chaos. I don't want a nation of mob rule, of pitchforks and fires. We here at New Hope teach that to our kids. And I'm preaching it to you now. We are made in the image of God. If you were a part at all in VBS then you helped to teach the side that the public education sector has neglected. You helped to teach that divine side of humanity. Do you know what it does when when you teach that people are made in the image of God? Uh, and, And this is, I know I've taken a long time really to get to my main point, but this is my main point. When you teach that people are made in the image of God, What it really teaches is, listen to me, ultimate accountability. That's what it teaches. Ultimate accountability. That you are accountable to something greater than just yourself. Not society, not the government, not a parent or a grandparent. You are accountable to God. That is what it means when you teach that mankind is made an angel of God. It is teaching ultimate accountability. You will be accountable for your actions. You can't act like an animal because you're going to be held accountable for that behavior. We we teach that there is only a material side to humanity. That's what we teach, and, and there's no accountability to God. And then we act like animals. It. And you know what that does? It weakens the structure of our neighborhoods. It weakens our communities. It weakens our families. It weakens our marriage. You don't like your marriage? Cast it off. Who cares? I'm just like an animal. I'm gonna do what I feels best. But when you teach. You are made in the image of God. No, 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 no. You can't just cast something off if you don't like it. You can't just burn down a building if they pass a law that you don't like. Because you are ultimately going to be held accountable for that. That's one of the main problems in this nation. There's no accountability. There is a lack of accountability. Can you tell it bothers me? We... Do not teach accountability. We have left off teaching accountability. When, when you teach only that earthly side of humanity, science is all there is, it has to be measurable, repeatable in a laboratory, and you leave off that side that's made the image of God, all accountability is lost. It's lost. Purpose is lost meaning is lost it's all lost it's lost and that's what we teach into our children that there is nothing greater than just science that there is no god you're not made in the image of god it's just you and if you really boil that down it all just comes down to personal preference what is it that you think is truth what is it that you want what is truth to you Purpose and meaning are lost. Accountability is lost. Do you understand that these are the very things that science cannot teach us? Science cannot measure virtue. But here we are saying science all th- is all there is. So we tell our children. Science is all there is. What about the higher virtues? I heard a saying a long time ago that I love. Science can teach us. How a thing does what it does, but not why it does what it does. God is the why behind the how. Do you understand that, brothers and sisters? Now, I'm going to ask for everybody to listen real clear to this next statement. I want to be real, real clear here. New Hope Church teaches accountability to God. That is what we teach here. That is what I'm, that's the message I'm putting out to you. Kids, you'll be held accountable to God. Adults, you will be held accountable to God. Teenagers, you'll be held accountable to God. You will be held accountable. Romans chapter 14, verse 12 says this So then, every one of us shall give an account of himself to God. Now, I am not pulling that verse out of context. Maybe someone said, hey, you just read one little verse and you're going to build your... Accountability is a theme. Accountability to God is a theme throughout the entire Bible. Throughout the whole Bible, it teaches accountability to God. Listen now, you will stand before the divine judge of the world and you will have to explain to him why you did what you did with your life. We've left off teaching that part to our kids why did you behave the way you did? Why you acted the way that you did? Why you said what you said? Why you treated people like you treated them? Why you made the decisions that you made? You have to explain that to God, the divine judge. Why you spent so much time on this? Why you spent so much time on that? Why you neglected this or why you neglected that? Why you thought this was unimportant? Why you thought this was important? You got to explain it to God. You will be held accountable to an authority. Greater than you. Greater than mankind. You want to treat people like garbage? Go ahead. You have free will, but you'll be held accountable for it. You want to treat your spouse like trash? Go ahead. You have free will. You can do it. But you'll be held accountable for it. You want to use people? You want to lie, cheat, and steal? Go ahead. You have free will to do it, but you'll have to explain to God why you did what you did. You understand that you're going to have to stand before God, and you're going to have to justify yourself. You're going to have to explain your actions to Him. You're going to have to try to convince He who spoke this all into existence why what you did was right. You're going to have to convince Him. And if you're doing stuff against the Bible, I wish you good luck, my friend. Good luck. This is what it means to be made in the image of God. That you'll be held ultimately accountable to him. Hebrews chapter 9 verse 27 says, And as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment you will stand before a holy God, and He will pass judgment on you. He will. Kind of scary to think about, but on an individual basis, individually. You ain't going to stand up there with your family, your wife. You can't call your pastor to vouch for you. You get to have no witnesses. You, you call, and you stand before God, who is just, His throne is established in justice and righteousness. He can see all things are naked and open to him. There is no secrets with him. He knows the, the deepest recess of your heart. And he who sees it all will judge you. He will pass judgment upon you. And guess what? There's no court of appeals to that divine courtroom in the sky. Whatever he says, it's final. It's final. That's it. One day, I know we don't like to hear this, but one day you will get a subpoena in the form of a death certificate to that divine courtroom in the sky. That's your subpoena. God says, I need you to appear. Some some of us get lots of time on this earth, and for some reason, not lots of time. But he who created it all, he decides that. That's not up to me. It's not up to us. It's up to him. And when you get that subpoena, you can't avoid it. You can't avoid it. Every last one of us in this room has an individual date where we will stand before God and have to explain why we did what we did. Why we believed what we believed. Do you know the Bible says He casts people into hell. I may have mentioned this once preaching a while back. I can't remember. God throws people into hell. He casts them in there. If you... Say, this is stupid. I'm not listening to any of it. I'm going to do what I want to do. Self-gratification is my motto. Me, myself, and I. Don't bother me with any rules or regulations. You know what? You can live that way in this life. You can. God has given you free will to do what you want. But you will be held accountable for it. The Bible says he casts people into hell. I, I always think we have this picture of God. Like he's this wimpy guy on a cloud and he's sad all the time and and this and that brothers and sisters if you stand before him and you are not justified in his eyes he will pick you up and whatever this scripture means when it says he casts i take that as to mean throw you ever casted a fishing pole when i cast a fishing pole i go like this and i heave it and wing it as hard as i can you even try to get the whip action into the flex of the pole so it slings out there farther the bible chose to use the word cast That's what happens if you are not justified, sanctified in the eyes of God. He casts you there. He is the supreme, divine judge of all the world. Jeremiah chapter 32, verse 19. Here we are back in the Old Testament. An Old Testament verse Supporting accountability says great in counsel It's talking about God Jeremiah great in counsel and mighty in works for thine eyes are open upon all the ways of the sons of men to give everyone according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doings. Brothers and sisters this is an Old Testament verse I'm telling you accountability to God is an overarching theme in the entire Bible. You got to stand before him. Go back to Genesis chapter 1 and 2. God puts us in the Garden of Eden and he charges us to tend and to keep it. This is, in in other words, he's saying, be good stewards of my creation. Take care of it. Be accountable to it. Don't let it look like a dump. Keep it good. If a tree falls, take care of it. Remove it. It's, It's accountability. And we've left off teaching that to our kids. Genesis chapter 1, verse 28 says, and God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. God made us stewards over his creation. And as stewards, easy way to think of it is, we're managers. Manage his stuff. Manage God's stuff. Manage your home, manage your lawn, manage your family to the best of your ability. Manage it like you'll have to give an account to the one that owns it. We don't own anything, brothers and sisters. You own nothing. You might say, well, I can prove you wrong. I got a deed right here that says I own this car. For now you do, but one day you'll either crash it or someone will steal it or you'll sell it and someone else will have it. We own nothing on a permanent level. On a permanent basis. The Bible says the earth is his and the fullness thereof. God owns everything. Everything. He owns it. You and I are just managers for him. Some of us, I don't know why. He gives us a whole awful lot to manage. Lots of money. Lots of property. Lots of stuff. Big business. And others, he gives you just a little bit. That's up to him. He owns it. I don't own it. He does. Whatever he has given you, brothers and sisters, I hope you're being a good steward. Why? Because you'll be held accountable. The earth is his in the fullness thereof. It's all God's, and we are supposed to manage it for him. In other words, one day, we'll give an account of our stewardship to him. I'm going to stand before God and I'm going to, he's going to ask me, give an account of your marriage. Did you take care of my daughter? And I'm going to have to say, yes, Lord, or well, not really, Lord. I neglected her. I didn't take care of her. I didn't make her feel special or loved. Or, you got to give an account. There is no buffaloing God. you understand that? We can buffalo Pastor Joe. We can buffalo me. We can buffalo each other, but not God. Some of us are going to get up there and say, yes, Lord, I took good care of her. Oh, man, yes, Lord. And God's going to say, I don't think so. You've got to give an account for your house, your family, your business. Listen, your body, the way that you work, your work ethic, all of it. There ain't going to be one little piece that God's not going to pick up and say, okay, let's talk about this now. All this is the stuff We quit teaching our kids about 50, 60 years ago. We quit teaching our kids. And we've systematically stopped teaching this to our kids. We have quit teaching them about any aspect of mankind being made in the image of God. And the results are not good. You have a generation that's accountable to no one. They do whatever in the world they want. The results are not good. What results? Well, I mean, I guess I can think of a few since you asked. (laughs) How about things like the school shooting in Uvalde, Texas? People just shooting people. Shooting people just because they hate the world. They're angry. They were given a bad lot in life. We're all just a bunch of animals anyway. Might as well wax a few and go out in a blaze of glory. We had a shooting at that parade in Chicago. Just shooting, killing there, for a while, it was a trend. You see people just driving vehicles into crowds of people, mowing people over, causing as much harm and mayhem as they can. Nothing but animals acting like animals because we quit teaching them this stuff. We have these shootings, then everyone wants to argue gun rights, and these big, giant gun debates come up, and you miss the entire point. Maybe we ought to be teaching our kids that the people are made in the image of God. Maybe we ought to teach our kids that there is a deity that you must give an account to after you die for the actions that you made on this earth. No one will say that, though, that we ought to teach our young people that they're made in the image of God. You, you can't do random acts of violence because those people are made in the image of God, too. we don't teach them that and then these people end up being accountable to no one but themselves whatever whims come with an individual angry go shoot some places up want a woman go sleep around with whoever you want because you're accountable to no one there's a generation that has been taught that they're just a a big animal, an advanced animal. That's what you get when you teach science only, when it's only just science, and none of the virtues, none of the high virtues. When you teach kids, this is all there is to life, and then you just rot in a grave, and you become worm food, well, then you're not accountable. It, It comes down to personal preference, what I want, what I think, what I desire. Nothing means anything, and life has no divine aspect to it, and that's what we've been teaching our kids. Listen to me now. I I believe that's what the whole abortion debate is about. Now, hear me. You might say, what do you mean? How do you get at that, that you're talking about accountability and being made in the image of God? People want to behave however they want sexually with no repercussions. Go and behave in any sexual manner you want, but I don't want any consequences of it. I don't want any ramifications of it. To to me, it's not about women's rights, it's not about women's health, it's about convenience. I want to behave however I want, and I don't want anything to inconvenience me or my lifestyle. I don't want no baby to change the way I live. I like going out there and playing the field. I like going to the bars. I like going to the clubs. I like sleeping around. I like the women. I like chasing skirts. I don't want no child inhibiting that. It's sex with no accountability. That's what it's about. And we have lots of people that will violently fight to protect the right to abort children because that's what they've been taught, really. You're nothing but an animal. We're we're animals. You're not really getting rid of anything special. I want to behave sexually however I want with no strings attached. Listen, we've all heard the slogan, my body, my choice, right? Actually... I think there's an element of truth to that. That's a a very revealing statement and I find it funny that that's the the mantra. My body my choice. You know really what it's saying it? It's my body and I'll be held accountable to no one for it but myself. It's my body. There is no higher deity that has any say in the matter. I will do what I want with my body because it is my choice. Brothers and sisters, The Bible teaches the exact opposite of that. I'm here to tell you the Bible teaches exactly opposite of that. Listen to this. Romans chapter 12 verse 1 says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your body a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Corinthians goes on to teach that your body is a holy temple. You don't get to do whatever in the world you want with it. You don't. Why? Because you're held accountable to something higher than mankind, and His name is God. It goes on to teach that we are to glorify God in our body, that's the material side, and in our spirit, that's the spiritual aspect, the divine parts of humanity, and then it goes on to say, both of which are the Lord's. The Lord owns your physical side and your spiritual side. And you are to behave in a manner acceptable to him and his word that he's given us. My body, my choice. Very revealing statement that they would choose. You don't get to do whatever in the world you want to do. You don't. does not work that way. It does not. You may be able to get away with a whole awful lot of things on this side of eternity. You can We we look at some of the richest people in the world or some of the most snake people in the world, amen? Some of the biggest scoundrels that that there are on this planet are some of the richest, most powerful people. The most godless people have all the money and the power on this side of eternity. All that money, can't take it with you. All that influence, all that power, it's not going to mean a thing. When they stand before the almighty God. It's easy to talk about them. But what about you and I? You don't get to do whatever you want with your body. And you don't get to do whatever you want with the bodies of other people. Because their body's a holy temple too. Did you see these are the biblical things that are taught to us. Your body is holy. Treat it that way. It's sanctified for use of the Lord. And, and you, you have to act like other people. That scripture applies to them too. Do you see that this is what can make a society safe and, and we can function if in it, if we recognize that we're made in the image of God, it makes our neighborhood safe, our business is good and wholesome. Our, our education system good. But we've removed all that. You don't get to do what you want to do with your own body. And you might argue with me. Oh, but I can do whatever I want to do with my body. You can. You can. But ultimately, you will be held accountable. If not in this life, then in the next, my unwise friend. Revelation chapter 20, verse 11. And I'll bring this to a close soon. says, I saw a great white throne... And him that sat on it, from whose faith, listen, the earth and the heavens fled away. And there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And the books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things that were written in the book, according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it. And death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged, every man according to their works do you, do you notice that God is going to judge according to their works according to every man to their works you, you might think brothers brother you ought to tone it down with a little bit of this judgment stuff and stand it before God you're going to make people afraid of God good good because the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge that's part of our problem too ain't eh? nobody's afraid of the Lord Nobody likes fire and brimstone preaching anymore because it bothers me. It offends people. Just tell me everything's okay. Just tell me it's good and, and everything is comfortable. I'm telling you, you will not want to mess with this man that we're going to be judged by. He, However powerful you think God is, is nothing compared to how powerful He actually is. We his his power his might his majesty his wisdom it is beyond our finite minds to understand and he's the one you got to justify yourself to and convince that you is a good person good luck good luck it, it is good for you to fear him who can kill and then cast into hell it is good for you. You might be thinking, man, after the service, hey, what was your point, Pastor? I mean, you kind of made me afraid. Good. Yep. You listened. You listened. There should be a little bit of fear in us of a being as powerful as he is. Amen. Don't jerk God around. Don't jerk him around. If you ever thought about this, I don't know if I've ever preached this before. Have you ever thought about Christianity and salvation? You'll kind of notice something, I guess, ironic. You ever thought that, ironically, you're saved by God from God? Isn't that kind of funny? You ever thought of that? You're saved by Him from Him. Now, you might think, well, wait a minute, what do you mean we're saved by God, from God? What do you mean? Well, let me explain it to you. Mankind didn't have a worthy sacrifice for sins, so God had to make the sacrifice himself. Okay? In his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, that whosoever shall believe on him should have everlasting life. So that's how we're saved by him. We didn't even have a sacrifice worthy to present to God and say, here, Lord, how about this sacrifice? Will this one do? We didn't even have anybody that we could present to him, so he had to do it himself. He said, well, you guys can't. You keep messing everything up, so I'll do it. I will save you. He sent his son, Jesus Christ, who was a worthy, sinless sacrifice. So that's how we're saved by God. How are we then saved from him? John chapter 3, verse 36. If the band would begin to make their way back, John 3.36 says this, He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life, and he that believeth not on the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. Do you understand that if you are not saved, the wrath of God will abide on you? You'll stand before God and He's going to execute wrath upon you. That's why He says, I'm going to cast those people into hell. He is only executing righteous judgment. So indeed, we are saved by God, from God. Brothers and sisters, and all who hear this, let it be known that the true New Testament church rejects the false teaching of the world that does not hold individuals accountable for their action in this life. We reject that here at New Hope Church. We reject teaching just the material side to humanity. We embrace both sides. There is a material side, but there's also that side that's made in the image of God, the spiritual side. And I want everyone to know that is what this church teaches. That is the statement we're making this morning. We reject the world's way and we embrace the biblical way. The Bible teaches us both sides they both belong to the Lord. And we must glorify our bo- God in our bodies and in our spirits, both which belong unto the Lord. Listen, we here at New Hope Church believe that our decisions have eternal consequences and that we'll ultimately stand before the one that spoke the universe into existence. Let's stand this morning. We just spent all week really... In a nutshell, teaching our kids what I just said. Because all of that comes with teaching that we are made in the image of God. We're going to pray. These altars are open. You're always free to come and pray. Seek the Lord. Address anything that the Holy Spirit is bringing up in you. And then we'll worship and we'll close. Father God, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for this word. Lord God, so much is in that statement. That you said let us make man in our image after our likeness we believe in it lord it is so true and so much comes with it and lord we've seen disastrous results because we've stopped teaching that to our kids we have stopped teaching that in our schools we stopped teaching it even in our homes and even in our churches lord and god i pray lord that our churches all across this land, that even New Hope Church, our churches in this community, will begin to belt out the teachings of the Bible, the truthful teachings of the Bible that were made in the image of God, and that we are ultimately held accountable to you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Amen. These altars are open.